Welcome to the Despirituality Podcast. We know for some of you listeners, you haven't heard us for a little while. That's because we've been working. Uh, Podcasting is not our primary job, but uh, it's the job we love to do. And uh, so we're back uh, and we're going to be rolling. Uh, We've got one we're very excited about today. I hope you're doing well. And uh, if you're not doing well, uh, I can almost guarantee you're going to be doing better after this. uh, Because this study and this discussion uh, is designed around uh, the idea of stress, but really what uh, happens to us when we're facing stress and how to handle it, which essentially is pressure. That's the whole thought behind uh, today's uh, podcast. It's about pressure. Uh, I did a talk on this not that long ago about spiritual strength, how Jesus handled pressure. But really what I think it's about after having more time to study it and uh, to evaluate it, looking at my own life and the pressure I feel, the stress I feel, um, looking at uh, how different ones of us can crumble under pressure, uh, can get angry under pressure, uh, is that it's dream pressure. Uh, And uh, Jesus handled pressure so well, we're going to focus in on him, but it's dream pressure. How we handle dream pressure will determine whether our dreams come true. Uh, a lot of us have, no, all of us have dreams, but not all of us fulfill those dreams. Uh, one of the reasons we don't fulfill dreams is there's a price to be paid for any dream. Whether your dream is to learn how to, uh, as a little kid like I did, I used to want to skateboard and want to be able to get on that skateboard. And uh, back then they had a Charlie Brown episode and everybody in the Charlie Brown episode was skateboarding. And I was like, I want to skateboard. But the price of skateboarding was falling off, falling down, and falling on the ground and getting scraped up. So eventually, I just was like, I don't need to skateboard because I didn't want to pay the price. Pressure is the price of every dream. Whether you want to be good at golfing, whether you want to be good at guitar, whether you want to be good at fashion, whether you want to be a great runner, whether you want to be an artist, writer, uh, a, a singer, a composer, uh, a, a radio disc jockey, a podcaster, uh, uh, whatever you want to be, be married, have kids, there's going to be dream pressure. And what's going to determine whether or not our dreams come true is whether or not we learn how to handle the pressure of the dream. So let's first break it down a little bit and talk about the idea of pressure. What What is pressure like? Well, we certainly feel pressure physically, but and that can come out, and know it has with me, blood pressure. That can come out with headaches. That can come out with, I've had this before, butterflies, upset stomach, really getting nauseous. Uh, what, what, all, that, all kinds of physical signs, skin rashes, you know, infections. All, we, our immune system under pressure breaks down and we become more susceptible to the colds, the flu. But where does a lot of that pressure come from? A lot of that pressure comes from three areas. It's spiritual, it's emotional, and it's mental. If we learn how to handle the spiritual and emotional and mental pressure of our lives, we're going to have a lot easier time handling the pressure that I call dream pressure. And so dream pressure comes down to a lot of things, right? Uh, sometimes dream pressure is is simply uh, about will I be willing to take on the responsibility of the dream? So in Deuteronomy 1.12, it says, how can I alone bear the weight and pressure and burden of you and your strife, contention, and complaining. That's the new uh, uh, living translation of that. Uh, but how, how, how can I do this? How can I handle the weight? How can I handle the pressure? A lot of times that comes to leaders. Uh, leaders have difficulty not because 
uh, leading is is hard. It is, but it's hard because of the pressure, the pressure of responsibility, the spiritual, the emotional pressure, the mental pressure. And so again, think about this: emotional pressure. Second Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Paul describes in the Bible how he feels emotional pressure, and don't get thrown off because maybe you don't lead like he led. You can have emotional pressure from anything in your life. Besides those external things, there's the daily inescapable pressure of my concern for all the churches. That's the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. 28. Uh, so what you get is you can get a pressure from concern. In his case, the emotional pressure was his responsibility for churches. But in our case, we can feel the pressure of concern over our marriage, over our kids, over uh, our family's health, over a friend's health, over our parents' health, as different ones of us grow older. I know this is the case for me. And you have parents who have health challenges or life challenges. You can feel the emotional pressure of that. And so emotional pressure is the kind of pressure that goes on inside of you and causes you to feel fear, causes you to feel anxiety. Uh, And the question really we have to ask is, do we avoid emotional pressure by deciding not to feel. One of the things that happens is your dreams come out of the passion of your heart. And that's why Nehemiah says that God laid on his heart. If you want a great uh, a great read, a great study, read Nehemiah 1 and 2 and look at how Nehemiah builds toward his dream. He doesn't tell us till after he's prayed and fasted and done all the spiritual work that the reason he did all that work was the dream. And he ran full bore into the pressure. But sometimes, even when we see the dream, we go, I feel too much pressure. I don't want to feel it. I'm going to give up on the dream. And so we have to learn how to handle emotional pressure. Why doesn't our relationship with God help us to handle the pressure? Because that's really what ought to happen, is our relationship with God ought to help us handle pressure. Psalm 91, verse 14, for here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you've delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. Psalm 91, 14 to 16 in the TPT or Passion Translation. God, when we seek out God, instead of running away or avoiding, deciding not to feel, deciding not to dream, deciding not to do, deciding to give into our fear, instead of doing that, the Bible here says, cry out to God. He says, I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I know in my life, and I've got two guests, Scott Colvin and Nick Straw here today, and I'm sure they can relate to this. In my life, I find that the main issue I have in my life is not the amount of stress I have, but the way I handle my stress and the way I handle my pressure. And a lot of times, I'm not actually going to God with all that pressure and all of that stress in order to handle it. And so the question we have to ask is, 
Why in the world am I not able to handle this? Instead of us always walking around together talking about our chronic stress and the fact that we need to get over to the ocean or get over to the pond or get over to the lake or get some chips and salsa or get some ice cream, maybe instead of doing that, we ought to say, wait a minute, could God possibly be the reason I'm not able to handle this? Do we quit? Do we quit? on our dream? Do we quit on our life because we are quickly abandoning God when we face pressure? Matthew 13, 20, the one on whom seed was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and at once welcomes it with joy. Yet he has no substantial root in himself, but is only temporary. And when pressure or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he stumbles and falls away, abandoning the one who is the source of salvation, Matthew 13, 20 to 21, in the Amplified Version of the Bible. We can get ourselves into trouble because we don't end up going to God, and because we don't end up going to God, we end up quickly giving up, I think, on our dreams. We end up stumbling, falling, and getting discouraged, not realizing it wasn't the pressure that got us, It was the fact that we abandoned God. Specifically, how does that happen? We stop reading the Bible every day. We start reading the, we read the Bible, but we don't listen to it. We stop praying. We cut it short. You know, if you've got a big dream, five minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of prayer a day probably isn't going to power that dream into reality. And if you've got a challenging life, you work a job, you're married, you have kids, you've got financial situations to deal with, you have some stress from taking care, being a caretaker of, of your parents or a kid or, 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 or an extended member, ex- member of your extended family, how are you going to handle that pressure? I want you to think for a minute before I get into conversation with Scott and, and Nick. Are you under enormous pressure? Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Think only about how you feel. Maybe you're driving early in the morning going to work. It's 5 a.m. It's 6 a.m. Maybe you're laying down to bed and you think, I'm going to listen to the podcast, go to sleep on it. Hopefully we can help you have sleep, sleep comfortably and sleep peacefully. But whatever it is, are you handling the pressure well? You know, I had a, a person I met uh, not that long ago uh, in my community where I live. And I just met him through a friend. Uh, in my neighbor, in my neighborhood, in my uh, community where I live, um, you know, not not my direct neighborhood, but you know, bigger. But I met him. Good guy, nice guy. Got to talk to him. Got to talk to him a second time. We were kind of joking. He wanted me to uh, go on a ride with him and the guy I knew really well and go hang out at this coffee shop. And I, I was like, Hey, I'm walking. I'll just walk because that's what I do early in the morning. I like to walk. Uh, and uh, got there and saw him. And it was like the third time I'd seen him. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get to know him better. He's a really nice guy. Good job. Good family. A uh, few kids. Um, committed suicide. Out of nowhere to me and out of nowhere to my friend who was a really best friend to him. What am I trying to say? We have to learn how to handle pressure. Now, I know that's a mental health issue, so I'm not saying that that's what it was, but I'm saying that all of us face strains and, and struggles. And if you do have a mental health challenge, you've got to get help. And you gotta, we, we got to be a society that's more accepting and more welcoming of people with mental health challenges. But my point is there's so much pressure on all of us every day. It's easy to break down. And when we're helping each other get a relationship with God and we're providing support in the community, we have a whole lot better chance of having good people like the guy I was just getting to know not feel like that's the only answer, to feel like there are other answers. And I think we have to do better and in putting God out front for people and in creating communities that are really supportive. And so I'm going to turn to Scott and Nick to kind of tell us about pressuring God, how they feel about it, what they think about it. And I want to read you the last scripture in Proverbs 24, 10. 
If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. That's a positive scripture because it's one that asks us the question, how does my relationship with God need to change so I can handle pressure? What are you thinking, Scott? What are you thinking, Nick? Yeah, I was thinking as you were talking about the physical manifestations of pressure when I don't turn to God. Certainly my blood pressure is high. I'm on medication for that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I also thought back when I, I ran track and cross country and uh, before races, I would always be really nervous and feel pressure, and it manifested itself by me yawning. So I would yawn before races, and that's a thing, I guess. I looked it up. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> and so, uh, But it worked for me because everybody else thought I was like, Cool and like had, didn't feel nervous at <laughs> this all. Guy's all bored. He's not even this is his, yeah. So it worked for me, but I gotta learn that trick. It did not work for me Ooh. when I went on dates later with Margo and I was wow. nervous and I would start yawning. Wow. She was like, "Oh, you're bored. Oh, oh boy, oh, social pressure. There's right. one social pressure. So yeah, I historically try to put off pressure as long as I can." And um, because I don't like feeling the uncomfortable, the uncomfortability of pressure. Um, and, and that's, you know, a reflection with my relationship with God, uh, for sure. I remember one time with uh, school, Nick and I were actually just talking about this beforehand. I, my first uh, uh, class in college was chemistry class. Yeah. And it was the exact same book that I had in high school. So I was like, oh, I got this. This is going to be nothing. And it was this big seminar class, 450 people in it. And I blew off the class all semester. Oh, boy. I've done that. And took the final <laughs> for 100% of my grade. Uh-oh. And I went into I was freaking out. I was, you know, pounding down the coffee. And back then it was Jolt Cola that had our Mountain Dew that had all of the caffeine in it. Right. It was just right. freaking <laughs> out because, because I didn't want to deal with pressure along the way. I, I pushed it forward, and then it all came crushing down on yes. me. So, uh, I mean, I ended up sneaking out a B in the class. I ended up coming through it, but put myself through a tremendous amount of strain unnecessarily just because I didn't want to and, do and, it. And, and you didn't mention you prayed or anything, so I guess that wasn't on the table. It was not. There was no God involved in that, in that <laughs> process at all, just caffeine, and no so, God. And so, so I, I remember a similar experience, uh, accounting class, and um, – it was not a seminar class, so it was a little bit more intense uh, in that it was, you know, it was it was people who were, a lot of people in there were accounting majors. I was in economics, but major, but, um, so I was in the class, and it had gone pretty well, because one of my friends had taken the class before, so he was kind of tutoring me and helping me along, um, and then uh, before the final, which was about 50% of the grade, um, which, you know, it's better than 100%, but. Um, I was studying the day before and I hadn't studied that much and I fell asleep mm. and I, I, my, I hadn't really told my roommates what I was doing, like that I had a final the next day or they would have woke, woke me up. And so I, I was studying, I just laid back for a little bit and it was early. It was probably 10 for, and that's early for college, and right? Done. Yeah. And I was out, I woke up the next morning at like eight thirty. Oh, see, that's a nightmare. Yeah. That's a and nightmare. class is at 10, maybe eight thirty nine, And, uh, and uh, I was like, I'm just done because I got it's going to take me 15, 20 minutes to walk to class. So I'm done. I go, I might as well just go eat breakfast because I'm done. But I was a Christian. Mm. And so I prayed and I said, you know, someone had somehow I'd heard this. God, give me recall of what I've learned. And then I was like, you know, I remember I said something 
some crazy religious statement like, well, at least I'm going to heaven because I hear. <laughs> so I don't need. So I went down. I remember I ate my breakfast and I went on in the class. I ended up getting an A minus on that final. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. No logical reason for it. The point I'm making is the the difference between having faith and being a Christian and then being able to rely on God to help you through the pressure. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. recommending that people fall asleep, pray, and go eat breakfast. Right. I don't think that's a formula for success. But what I'm saying is and I, pressure handled with God is so different than what you just described, you know. It's, I think about the scripture where Peter fell asleep in prison. He yes. was in all the pressure, yes. but he was able to sleep. He was able to be calm, yes. just like going and having breakfast, yes. because he knew God had his back, as yeah. opposed to like me in that right. moment, freaking out right. what, what's going to happen, yeah. what, what yeah. goes on. And yeah. I wish I had been like Peter and wish I was spiritual. I don't think I was, but but at least it worked out so I could have that story <laughs> to tell you now because I wasn't, I wasn't a deep spiritual person. I do think we want to keep in mind what Scott was saying. How are you handling pressure? We just described two different ways, and we've known each other a long time, so I've got as many dastardly stories as, 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 as he does. But I want you to be thinking right now, how do I handle pressure? Because one of my experiences with people is a lot of times is they, they blame stress for all of the crazy reactions we all can have instead of saying, wait a minute, yes, I have stress, but have I ever questioned how I handle pressure? Nick. Yeah, I th- I was thinking about this scripture, actually. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. And I think pressure reveals uh, where you've been going to get strong. Um, oh, interesting. And because um, for me, as I look back and reflect, reflect my life, I, I don't think I've ever handled uh, pressure uh, very well. But I sure have blamed a lot of things. <laughs> um <laughs> It was my coach for not playing me enough. It wasn't the fact that I buckled under pressure. Um, it was, it was this class is too tough. Like we shouldn't have this test. Uh, I had a lot of school. I recently went to my alma mater, uh, Santa Clara University. Yeah, uh, go Broncos. Um, oh but, boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was remembering how I handled pressure in college, and whether it was a midterm or a final. Or or anything coming up, uh-huh. I found ways to uh, justify procrastinating. I would play chess with roommates at midnight. We right. we would have a foosball tournament. Um, the uh, sporadically the day of. Yeah, uh, I lived with eight, eight other guys my junior junior year. The yeah. day of, we play have a foosball tournament till two in the morning. Then I have to write a paper. Yeah, so it was anything to not have to deal with the truth of I have to do this. There's a test coming up. Uh, I feel nervous about studying. I didn't study enough for it. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm go- how I'm going to finish this paper, whatever it might be. And I've, so I think uh, pressure oftentimes is just facing the facts and reality of the stress of life. Um, and uh, I think the one story that kind of pressure kind of reveals where I've been at is I, w- I played high school basketball, and um, I was sixth man my senior year. Uh, we were undefeated wow. um, in league, and we're, we're entering playoffs. Then two guys from my team get kicked off the team for drug testing. I went to prep school. They had random drug testing. Prep so, school? Mm-hmm. So I end up— uh, I thought be- prep school was supposed to be clean. I thought you guys were supposed to have it together. Well, that's why they were drug testing everybody to make sure we were all clean. <laughs> uh, anyway, second leading scorers kicked off the team. Whoa. Um, and all of a sudden, I find myself in the starting lineup. In the starting And lineup. I am, you know— uh, hey, you're the you're the you're the third leading scorer, Nick. Come on, time to step up now. And I'm like, okay. 
uh, I was not ready for it. I didn't handle it well. I was so focused on what people thought of me, not yeah. about getting pulled out of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, but my our star point guard, he was California State Player of the Week, back-to-back weeks in those first two playoff games because he's scoring like 50 points a game. Oh, right? man. He was very cool under pressure, but I was so hesitant to make a decision. Yeah. Um, but uh, so uh, just about four or five games into playoffs, we're in NorCal playoffs, winner of NorCal and SoCal play in the state championship, yeah. right? So we're kind of getting deep into playoffs. We're down by one, end of the game, 10 seconds left. Um, I get a long rebound just past the free throw line. I hear the star point guard calling for the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I look to my left. I know right? how it ends. I know I'm, how I'm about ends. to. I'm about to. <laughs> I'm about to pass to him. I just look for half a second. Michael Jordan. I get stripped. No. For a breakaway layup down the other way. That's not how I saw it happening. <laughs> That's not how I it's saw it. Alongside of Michael Jordan. <laughs> but I'm hesitating. I'm <laughs> nervous. Alongside. I'm afraid. I'm like, should I shoot? Should I not? Yeah. I get stripped. Scored on the other way. We got about three, four seconds left. Come back. Shoot a three to tie. Lose the game. Everybody's crying. Right. That's the end of our high school. My high school career, anyway, and basketball career. But. Um, the point being is I had uh, not uh, been put in pressure or put myself in pressure. I right. blamed the coach for not playing me. Yeah. I blamed other people for not taking risks, yeah. circumstances, everything yeah. going on around me. But I didn't just face the truth where, hey, I'm afraid. I don't want to shoot. I don't yeah. want to take risks on the court. And uh, because I didn't face that truth, um, I wasn't in work on it. I wasn't ready when the moment came. And I relate that to my relationship with God now yeah, sure. because the thing that I, I feel like when I buckle under pressure now, it's because I'm not telling myself the truth of what's really going on with me. Right. Hey, I don't handle pressure well, or just the fact that I'm feeling a lot of pressure now. What do I do? Yes. God, can I get some help? Hey, okay, can I find some scriptures? I right. don't do that. I pretend that I'm handling it well. So I think one of the biggest things that I'm seeing that I need to change to handle pressure well is be completely honest with God, not halfway honest. You mentioned talking for or praying for 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, yeah, when, as you get older in life, 10, 15 minutes doesn't cut it. You need time to talk to God. And then even in that time, yeah. I need to make sure I'm being completely honest, not right. halfway. Pardon the interruption to the podcast, but we want to let you guys know something new that's going on on the deepspirituality.net website. Music speaks to the soul and helps us express parts of ourselves that are too deep for words. Through music, we can understand and express our sadness, anger, happiness, insecurities, and so much more. Through music, we can go from feeling overwhelmed by anxiety to calm and at peace with God. This month, we've launched a new playlist, a new Spotify playlist to get you into your feels. All right, and I have Parker and Alexis here to tell us just very briefly, what is the new playlist called? Our new playlist is called I'm Feeling Anxious. Anxious. And so that's when, you know, you're feeling a little nervous. Maybe you feel stressed about something and you need to be at peace and calm. Yeah, it's really good. A lot. I mean, I feel anxious all the time and there's lots of good music there's some kendrick on here some drake mm. some i don't remember who Other else people. On. julie michaels to the selena there's mm. a lot of good people on here but it's a good progression from being anxious and all these kind of 
thoughts and feelings that you can have and then to the end realizing like the grand scheme of things and being able to get through that anxiety i've literally listened to this when i feel anxious like throughout and it helps like i literally the best part of this is being able to listen to it yeah and it, it helps to even see from god's perspective how he can help you be at peace and get that from a musical perspective Awesome. Thank you guys for letting us know. Again, that's the I'm Feeling Anxious Spotify playlist. You can find it on deepspirituality.net. All right, back to the show. Just a little bit more on that. What do you mean by completely honest? I I, I think I know what you mean, but I just think for our listeners, they might want to understand. uh, And then I'll come to Scott and ask Scott to give us a little bit more detail about what, you know, both of you guys are family men, but his family's older. What, What happens with regard to pressure at home? and raising kids and managing life. Cause I think a lot of people, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say people, I'm one of these people. A lot of us don't always face the fact that we might handle pressure well at work. We might handle pressure well when we play, but we don't handle or like or engage with the pressure at home. I think there are a lot of listener guys, particularly that, that, that face that. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm thinking complete honesty means what? Um, I'll give an example of marriage, okay? I'm speaking at home. So it's me going to God, and and I, I love my wife, but I also get angry and frustrated and hurt feelings. I can't and, even believe that happens. And I'm selfish I, and all I, that stuff, I, right? I appreciate you making <laughs> so, it up. Thanks to for relate. feel better. I, yeah, you're making us feel better because we do get angry and we do no, That's what I'm that. saying. I get, that's, that is, I don't I believe it. I just I look at you right now and I go, this guy's holy. Wow. But me, wow. I think he's doing some, you know how people kind of relate to you without telling you they're talking about you? I feel like Nick's doing that right now. So I'll go to my relationship with God and I'll be like, okay, you know, I really love Jen. I really yeah. love my kids. Yeah. But I won't want to be honest about the hurt feelings I have or, or man, I'm seeing a lot of selfishness in my relationship with Jen. Because if I'm honest about that, yeah. that means me and Jen need to have a conversation. Okay. And which puts a little pressure to ma- make sure we get resolved okay. and are close again. And quite frankly, that I genuinely am really loving her. Okay. So, 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 so I, that, that's a tremendous example. I think, and I, and hopefully helps people. I think what people might want, though, is a breakdown on what does that mean. So when you think about complete honesty, what does it mean? You get up in the morning, you get out of the house, you go and you start praying. How do you even start? How do you even do it? Do you say, "Hey, God, I want to tell you how you, how I feel"? Do you start with just what you feel and you think of things you feel? Because sometimes people don't even know what they feel. So how do you how do you attack? Because complete honesty, boy, that you that word complete that's an extraordinary, very complete adjective is complete, right? right? <laughs> I. For me, I have to. The first thing I have to do is be like, what am I really thinking right now? What am I feeling right now? Um, and um, or I usually go in the past twenty four hours. Yeah, identify what sins that I saw. Yeah, I, I've done whether yeah. it be selfishness, criticalness, pride, yeah. deceit, but identify, lust. The, identify sin. Identify you, is sin. That where you start? And then, um, yeah. No, you, typically I identify with what I feel. And the yeah, first yeah, yeah. one is always tired. That seems a little more positive. <laughs> first that one, seems a little... and, and then I go on the sin. But the first one, I'm always tired yeah. every morning I wake up. Yeah. Sometimes because I went to bed late. Right. And I need to be like, okay, I need to adjust that for tomorrow. Sometimes it's just. So so one of the things that I try to do is keep be aware all the time of how I'm doing and how I'm feeling. So by the time I go to bed at night, I, I kind of almost do a little review. How did today go? What was today like? I talked to my wife about it. I think about it. I reflect on it. Even if we're watching a movie or 
uh, cleaning something. It. I'm just, yeah. I'm always the night before. So when I wake up the next morning, I usually have a theme in mind that I focus on. So like the name of the podcast really is, is it's well, not the name of it, but the dream pressure is the big thing I came up with this morning. Because when I looked at my life, I went, I have dreams, I have a vision, but where where I fall down is on pressure, the pressure to change, right? You know, the emotional pressure of responsibility for a family and other people. And so I wake up in the morning knowing right away this is where I need to go. And then when I get into this is where I need to go, I'm able to talk about the emotions and the the, the specific emotions connected to the pressure I feel. So I think one thing that a lot of people don't don't know to do is you can't wait to the morning of your quiet time to figure it out. You got to know before. And oftentimes I'll try to figure out what am I going to read tomorrow morning? And I have a little notebook I always bring with me. Uh, sometimes I'll just put, a lot of people have smartphones. I have a little note, uh, the notepad in, 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 the, in my phone. I'll just jot down a couple things in that notepad. So when I wake up in the morning, it's on my mind. Um, so I think, I think, I think we have. I think people really need a lot of help. It's such a powerful thing, and I know you do all kinds of things on your own. It's such a powerful thing that I think people want it, but they don't know how to get it. Yeah. And that's why a quiet time takes time, you know, because you can't just you can't just go. I'm gonna have my quiet time from six to seven thirty. It's not about that. You got to be with God all the time, so that in some ways your quiet time might begin at nine o'clock at night on a Wednesday for the quiet time on Thursday morning at six. And right. that when we compartmentalize, we get in trouble. This is a huge issue you brought up, and I think you've described it great. Um, we can't handle pressure if we're not honest about what we're feeling pressure over. Right. But maybe Scott can jump in and tell us a little bit. How do you manage the spiritual pressure? And if you guys have any scriptures, you can throw them in of your own. But how do you manage the spiritual pressure of, uh, of, of family? Because I think a lot of guys, I don't know what the right age would be to pick, Let's just pick 30, you know. A lot of guys over 30, I think, that have kids, babies, whatever, I think sometimes they don't even know it's pressure Mm -hmm. that they feel. So can you talk a little bit about that? I think a lot of the pressure I feel at home is the pressure because I want control. And, and that is my response to not being aware of what's going on with me emotionally okay. is let me control everything. Okay. And I can't control the emotions of my home. No matter how much I try and want to, right. I can't control them. I can't lock them down. Yeah. And, and um, by control, you mean get everybody to feel? Get everybody to behave right. Oh, okay. I want everybody to behave right so that home is smooth, so that I feel less pressure. Yes. So that um, we can go to bed and not, you know, yeah. be exhausted. Live let a me, wonderful life. Let me, let me control yeah. it to yeah. be exactly how I want it all to go. Yeah. And, and when I can't do that, which I never can, um, I get angry. And uh, that's that's when it comes out, and I try to force everybody to 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 do what I want them to do, right? As opposed to the spiritual awareness of um, what's going on with myself and everybody in my family emotionally, yeah. And it's more important for us to be connected and honest than it is for us to be controlled and to behave right. Yeah, yeah. So I think I feel a lot of the pressure about behavior versus and control versus. How are we doing, and are we close, and are we honest? So let me ask both of you guys a question, just as, as fathers, because you're both fathers. How comfortable are you? Oh, no, no, let me, let me rephrase that question. Do you feel emotional pressure from other people expressing emotion to you? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, does that is that a factor? Because you know, like, because I think sometimes people don't realize I'm feeling pressure because the person in front of me is crying. For instance, I don't think we even calculate that out. Or I'm feeling pressure because yeah. the person in front of me is angry. I feel that all the time. Because all the time. mostly because I don't know what to do. Okay. Because I'm in a spot where I'm not in control. Yeah. I can't fix. The crying, I can't yes. fix the emotion that's in front of me. Yeah, and uh, so then I don't know what to do. Yes, and I'm lost. That, that's what I feel too. In my, I was talking to my wife about this a few days ago. Actually, in my mind, I'm actually just thinking. I'm not actually thinking about anything. I'm trying yeah. to search for what to do because I have yeah. no idea what to do. It's like yeah. this indecisive uh, moment I find yeah. myself in, like trying to find the solution, but there, but I either don't know the solution or or am searching for the wrong solution. I don't yeah. know, but there's a there's a lot of pressure to either make it right or fix it that I feel anyway on myself. Um, I think that's why it's hard sometimes for Christians to have good relationships because we don't understand that I it's not even that I that we don't necessarily want to hear each other's problems, but we can't handle the pressure of hearing about the problem. And what we're trying to say in the podcast is that's why our relationship with God has to get better. I think our capacity to handle the emotional pressure, other people's emotions. We often think about emotional pressure of our own. Right. No, the emotional pressure of other people's emotions is 100% based on our capacity to get strength from God. Ephesians 3, about getting that internal strength from God. I think there's also social pressure. You, I don't know if you guys feel that or not, but people can feel pressure just having to be around people, having right. to have a conversation with people, having to walk in a room and talk. And a lot of times we don't... And people say, well, that's somebody with a diagnosis. No, 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 no. That's a normal human problem is, is to walk. Like when, when, when I'm going to our church services, which could have thousands of people at them, and, and I walk in, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, it, it, it's overwhelming socially. Right. Because, you know, anthropologists will tell you that the max number of relationships any one person can handle is about 150. And so when you got 3,000 or 4,000 people in a space and maybe they know you, Suddenly, you're feeling this kind of pressure. And I think we oftentimes don't identify what is making us feel pressure. Even when you do finances, right? You do your budget. You see the items in, in the black. You see the items in the red. And suddenly, you feel pressure. Right. Right? And I think a lot of times, the reason I want to talk about this subject is because I don't think we take all that and go to God. Let's just hit a few things in closing. I think we're doing a good job. Spirituality, then is really about learning from Jesus and how he handled pressure. And we won't be able to go into deep detail on this, but let's give people a little something to work with. In Hebrews 12, in verse 1, it says, and I'm going to get you guys just to comment on this. In Hebrews 12, verse 1, voice translation, this is about Jesus. So since we stand surrounded by all those who have gone before, an enormous cloud of witnesses, let us drop every extra weight, every sin that clings to us and slackens our pace, and let us run with endurance the long race set before us. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 is really about Jesus. And in this particular part, it tells us a little bit of, of what we can learn if we look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we look at the life of Jesus. He was extraordinarily good at not carrying any extra weight and, of course, being sinless, not letting any sin cling to him. And as a result, he was able to move quickly. So when you talk about your dream what you want to be able to do is move quickly and smoothly towards your dream, not be distracted, not be disrupted. Uh, you want to be able to keep on going, 
at all times. And what I think that means is you've got to remove the unnecessary stress. What does that mean to you guys when you talk about removing the unnecessary stress, removing the extra weights, and removing the sin, and why that's so important in order to handle pressure? I think the first thing I thought of was when you had mentioned earlier when someone has a lot of emotion that I'm listening to or talking to, why I don't handle it well. Mostly it's because I have my own emotion that I'm not dealing with, with God, right. and therefore I don't have the strength to add someone else's emotion to my own emotions. Right. So I'm talking to Margo, and I already have fears yes. that I'm not talking about, and she expresses a fear to me. Yes. I want to shut that down immediately because right. it's stirring up in me my own fears. Yes. So when I think about the Scripture, about dropping every extra weight, one of the most important things for me in my relationship with God is to talk to Him about what I'm afraid of yeah. and figure out how to get courage from him and how to get faith from him so that I don't bring that into the relationships and I can't take any more on. Excellent. Good, good, good. Nick, you were going to say think, something? Yeah, I was thinking um, whenever I'm guilty, yeah. I, it's just that alone is pressure. Right. You're, you're around people. You end up being a little more paranoid. Oh, man, are they going to ask me a question? Yes. Oh, I need to, I need to talk to them and uh, relieve this guilt before yeah. we talk about anything else. Yeah. So it ends up... Um, uh, adding whatever pressure is already there from life or emotions, it just, it just adds onto it um, in in every relationship. So that's the big thing that I was thinking of. In the times I was, I've been most free of pressure, yeah, have been times when I've just been, hey, what you see is what you get. Here's yeah. what's going on with me. Here's yeah. the good. Hey, here's the bad. Yeah, and and that's that's the most time I've been the most free in my life. And uh, so I think it's about. And by free, you mean happy, relaxed, happy, at peace. relaxed. Like, um, hey, I'm not perfect, and that's okay. Yes. Um, I feel. Yeah, I was just gonna say, as an oldest son, I felt a lot of pressure growing up to be a good example for the siblings yeah. and to be perfect. Yeah. Um, which is impossible, right? Right. So, um, I think freeing guilt. Um, that's been probably the most powerful thing ebbs and flows throughout my Christian life that right. has helped uh, relieve uh, unnecess- unnecessary uh, pressure. So one of the things that, that I want to kind of, you know, uh, get our audience to think about as they walk away from the podcast is removing unnecessary stress. That, that was one of the main ways Jesus handled pressure, is just removing the unnecessary stress. Uh, and that means the things that are entangling us where when, when it's unnecessary, it means we're entangled in the emotional instead of working on the spiritual. We get entangled in our emotions. We get entangled in the emotions of other people. And when we turn to God, God gives us clarity. He not only gives us strength, but he gives us clarity so we can look and go, what's unnecessary? And a lot of times, I think, you know, I know in my life, I'm trying to do too much for too many people. I'm trying to be too much for too many people. And so I think that uh, a great deal of being able to handle life is you can't try to take on more than you can do. Uh, I know for me, growing up, it was always about do more, do more, do more, do more, achieve more, accomplish more. But at a certain point in your life, you have to say, you know what? Like one of the things I enjoy a lot is is the idea, the concept, and the practice of house churches and small groups in churches. I think a lot of times you can be big, but you really want to stay small as far as your emotional load. And that's why I even think for leaders, it's a big mistake in churches and organizations to put too much emotional 
a weight on leaders. That's what crushes them. And that's why we have to have an empowering sort of experience where everybody's getting strong enough in their relationship with God to be able to help out the people around them emotionally right. so that no one's carrying too much weight. And I think if you look at Jesus and you see how he handled, he had the three, Peter, James, and John. He had the 12, all the apostles, you know, uh, you know, he, then he, he never expanded much plus past the 120 from what you can see. Right. He spoke to lots of people, but he didn't have those people daily involved in his life. Why? It's an unnecessary weight. You're not going to change the world by walking around with crowds of four or five or six or 10,000 people. You're going to change the world by walking around with 12 people spending special time with three people. And if you get down to the book of John, he was really dialed in to John uh, as well. As, mm-hmm. So that was a one central relationship. And a lot of us, we, we carry around too much weight of trying to do too much for too many. Now, there are other people who don't carry around any weight, and they're isolated, but we're not going to talk about that. And then the one you mentioned. So that's the unnecessary. And then the unholy. Hiding sin increases guilt and insecurity, which wears us down emotionally. And look, the sin doesn't have to be bad. Everybody right. sins. We can, we can feel guilty about anything. Sometimes we feel guilty about things that aren't even wrong. False guilt, you know, right. residual guilt, things that happened a long time ago that should be forgotten and, and, and left aside. But because of it, it wears us down. So if you're sitting out there today, here's a couple things to take away from the podcast. Number one, take some time and evaluate the way you handle pressure instead of just looking at how you feel about stress. And, and, and look and say, what needs to change about my relationship with God so I better handle pressure? I think that's the key thing. Would you guys agree? If people can just learn how to go to God and handle that pressure, it's going to be a lot better. And then the unnecessary, the unholy. Get things out of your life that are overwhelming you and are beyond your ability. Right. And that doesn't mean get God out of your life or serving God out of your life. That's not the part. Get the other things out of your life. Right. And then the unholy. Stop, as, as, as Nick's talked about eloquently, stop walking around with loads of unresolved guilt. Resolve the guilt, figure out if it's real, figure out if it's residual, figure out if it's false. If it's real, you know, just deal with it and know God forgives you. And I think we underestimate forgiveness. It's very powerful and it's very complete. Worry less about what people say and more about what God is thinking about us. Deal with it and say if it's false guilt, meaning you're feeling guilty about something you really shouldn't feel guilty about, tell somebody so they can tell, tell you to let it go. It's not a big deal. It's not real. And and, and then if, if it's, if, if it's, uh, if it's residual guilt, I think I know I deal with that. At some point, we have to believe God. What did Paul say in Philippians 3? Forgetting what is behind and straining or looking forward to what's ahead. He said, that's the one thing I do. And so today, we hope you're helped out by this podcast about pressure. This is Deep Spirituality. You can find our podcast uh, at deepspirituality.net, as well as you'll see a transcript. Uh, when this is released, you can take a look there. Uh, so we hope you have a tremendous week. We'll be coming at you more with greater podcasts. Thanks to Nick and Scott for joining us. And uh, hopefully next time we'll even get more of Scott's track stories. He's got more confessions of how he caused pressure in other people's lives. And uh, those people have had to, uh, you know, be, you know, recover from the track destruction they experienced running <laughs> against him in the great state of Michigan. Have a great one. This is Despirituality, and we're out. <laughs>